I'm Jason Klom. Gaziza. I'm Alan Rickards. Your last name is Rickard? And we are the hosts of Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast. Uh, do you want me to do another the other voice? We have two more well, voice Yeah, Is the other one still playing? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, <laughs> it's almost a fourth of the way through. This is, uh, well, we'll see what happens. Hi, Fort Awesome. Uh, and hi, Dave. Um, Great, another hi. Jimmy James impression. Uh, <laughs> I want to say, first of all, Dave, I want to say thank you to you and the rest of the kids in the hall for how on the show you guys would do drag in a respectful way because it genuinely, how it was never supposed to joke because it genuinely did, like, help me, uh, figure out my identity as, like, a trans person and, also, uh, yeah, yeah, it helped me realize I was a girl. Uh, anyway, um, my question, uh, for that's news radio related is who were your influences for playing like a straight man character at Dave Nelson? Like, who influenced you in playing the character? Okay. Well, well, first of all, I was going to say, I'm, I'm glad, everybody, glad you appreci- uh, appreciated the uh, the way we did uh, the female characters, because it was, it was always our goal was that was to not have them feel like drag at all, mm-hmm. to have to have them be real, to be uh, experienced as real women mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. the confines of those sketches. Sure, um, and I think, and I think, I think part of the kids and all, I think are we were so much a part of the uh, LGBTQ community back then. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't called the LGBTQ community back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It was just called the gay community, right, I believe. Right. Uh, and uh, that, you know, that those were, you know, so those were, you know, we were trying to, you know, well represent our friends. Sure. Mm-hmm. When we were making that show. Uh, and the other part of it was what was the other part? Uh, the other part was uh, who are you? Your influences as to play a straight man? Oh, to play yeah, well to play a straight man. <laughs> uh, well, a uh, part of it was the fact that I am one. Uh, <laughs> that that played a role. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, I know a lot of people don't think that's true, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, my wife might be one of them. <laughs> um, sure. Uh, or or the straight man. My daughter suppose. describes uh-huh. me as having the affect of an old English woman. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> that's not a bad Ooh, thing. Miss yeah, Marple. Uh, yeah, you would, you would yeah, be a great Miss Marple. Marple. I'd be a wonderful. I would Miss love Marple. to watch that. Uh, I would watch that. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, we're living in an age when actors aren't allowed to act anymore. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but my yeah my I mean my biggest influences for our. I think Dick Van Dyke mm-hmm. and Bob Newhart, mm-hmm. and not so much for about playing a straight man, but uh, mm-hmm. but f- and and also Jack Benny mm-hmm. is a big one about uh, what your what the role is of like the central character in a sitcom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I mean I think Dick Van Dyke was the best ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary Tyler Moore was also great. Sure, in, in both shows, uh, but 
and Bob Newhart, it was like, uh, and Jack Benny, the thing that they all had in common was they were all great straight men, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. heterosexual men, sure, right, but great at setup and great at supporting mm-hmm. the comedy that the other characters were doing. Uh, like if you watch an, an episode of, of Newhart, uh, you'll realize he has almost none of the jokes in the Absolutely. entire show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, his job, he and, and most of his laughs come off of just reacting, yeah, mm-hmm. to the other characters. Uh, same with Dick, and Dick Van Dyke was. You know, a lot of the time he's re- responding and reacting. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Jack Benny uh, was almost entirely the co- you know handed off all the comedy to his supporting cast. Yeah, wow, you know, it's true. Yeah, and that's to me. I want to was like the uh, you know the uh, to me the key of what I liked in a sitcom mm-hmm. uh, and what I thought that like the central character in a sitcom should be doing. Sure. Mm-hmm. No Canadians in there. Are there any you, Canadians that you can just in, shout in out? In sitcom world? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of Canadians. No, I know. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. It's like a, we don't make sitcoms in Canada, yeah. really. Or we don't. They do now. They There's do now, a few, sure. There's a few good ones now. Right. Uh, but in those days, uh, all we had was the King of Kensington. Mm-hmm. You know, what the it, fuck is the King of Kensington? Not, that is. No, it wasn't good. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. It's like the Canadian Are You Being Served? Yeah. Kind of that and, kind of uh, okay, that's fair. But... Yeah, Canadians in sitcom. I remember Marty Short had a good sitcom years and years ago called the um, the Partners. I think it was called. Okay, with Wilfred Hyde White. I have no uh, idea. What this do you remember is. what year that was? Oh God, it would have been. It was before he joined SCTV. Oh wow. wow! Oh, so that early? Yeah, that I did not oh, realize. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. it was before he was on SCTV. Okay. Uh, That's but, something we uh, should hunt down. Yeah, any other good Canadian? Well, Alan Thick was a Canadian <laughs> sure. sitcom, but I didn't really watch his. That's fine. Yeah. It's really okay. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> very fine. nice guy. Sure, I'm sure very he was. Very funny guy. I watched yes, Pain very funny. Up. Wow. Yeah. As did I. Yeah. I mean, he was the producer of Firmwood Tonight. That oh. I didn't realize. Yeah. You know, okay. All right, runner. well then. All right, that's fine. Yeah, Norman him. Lear hired him to run Firmwood Tonight. Wow. Huh. That I didn't know. Yeah. More you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you have another Twitter Well, question? actually, yeah, just piggyback off of that one, since you mentioned uh, Kids in the Hall. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite kids in the hall episode that you guys did mm. uh, or favorite, maybe even just sketch yeah. favorite kids in the hall episode I'm trying to think of uh, a whole episode it's <laughs> 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 mm. hard to remember really That's okay. um, a bunch of sketches I really like um, as I said I love you know things like the uh, you know Citizen Kane sketch with Kevin is just really <laughs> fun to mm-hmm. fun to, still to this day is really fun to perform mm-hmm. um <laughs> Um, uh, sketches I hear about a lot are like Girl Drink Drunk is one I hear about mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. people like and I'm pr- I like that, that when I, oh, there's one I don't hear about that much that I really like was uh, a sketch I wrote called The Escapist mm-hmm. which was about, uh, it's the story of Cyril St. John the escape artist who uh, <laughs> terrible escape artist uh, who uh, it's Early in his career, attempted a straitjacket escape and was never able to get out of the straitjacket <laughs> for his entire career. So he right. was in a straitjacket for the rest of his life, <laughs> and was eventually you know, and was buried still in a straitjacket. Uh-huh. <laughs> so fucking that's stupid! Amazing. I love it. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's so, beautiful. So I like that. That's one of my favorite sketches. Do you have some sketch influences that people might not think of, or other favorite sketch shows that might? Just because that's my shit, and I love sketch. So. Uh, influences? Yeah. That, I mean, outside of the obvious ones? Uh, yeah. Um, let me think. Outside the obvious ones. Mm-hmm. Um, um, let me think. 
Because I mean, Carol Burnett's in the obvious list, right? Yeah, well, it's it's less talked about than Python, so you can oh, yeah. talk about Carol oh, Burnett. Carol Burnett's a huge influence. Yeah, yeah, and I think anyone uh, that does sketch comedy mm. or should be anyway, mm -hmm. uh, I love that show. And you know, Grubber, and I was I always said that our show structurally had a lot more in common with Carol Burnett than uh, Python. That's fair. Mm. Yeah, that, um, that yeah, I. Yeah, I agree. Well, you guys weren't fourth for sure. wall breaking in the same way. Either, no, so we, that's not a thing. Out of respect for Python. Yeah. As mm -hmm. we as we said, no, we 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 wanted to steer as far away from <clears throat> anything. Uh, I mean, our attitude was Python with the Beatles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you don't try to be the Beatles. Yeah. You know, you try to think of something else to do. Mm -hmm. And so we went back to the structure and went back to like beginning, middle, and ends of sketches and. You know, a much more traditional structure, but just uh, decided to make the, the novel part of our show be the content mm -hmm. as opposed to the structure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Do Alan. I'm going to pull up this other voicemail. In I got Well, I just got to bring this uh, story up. Uh, uh, when I was in college, I was taking a Hitchcock class. And uh -huh. so I go to the video store and I'm supposed to rent the wrong man, and I see this display box, like, cool, and then I turn away for a second because somebody was trying to get my attention. Then I go back, I grab a copy, I get home, and I looked at that when I got home, like, oh, shit, I grabbed the wrong guy. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, screw it, I'm going to watch it anyway. And I remember really thinking it was absolutely hilarious, and it referenced a lot of uh, Hitchcock stuff. It is and way funnier than the wrong man. Laugh not once. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, and I tried. Uh, no, but wrong guy. Like, uh, uh, are you able to talk a little bit about that? Like, with yeah, the inspiration I, and going because I'm, I'm. Yeah, I love that movie. I wish it had been released. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, we but, both have a copy on Blu-ray. So. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. I, I don't even yet. I got. <laughs> I was supposed to get some from Kino Lorber, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, I haven't received them. Uh, uh, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was an, an idea I had, um, uh, back in, I guess, uh, mid-90s, mm -hmm. and I told it to my friend, my friends Jake Hogan and Dave Higgins, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, they liked the idea, mm -hmm. and so we thought, oh, all right, well, let's, let's work on it, so we just started started writing it and was writing it at the same time that we were writing Brain Candy mm -hmm. uh, two very different experiences mm -hmm. I don't because uh, Jay and Dave and I would we'd go in on weekends and write and uh, you know we'd, we'd come out with like you know 25 pages <laughs> and uh, then I'd go work on uh, on Brain Candy for six months uh -huh. and at the end of six months we'd have Ten pages, uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. and a lot of scar tissue. Sure, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, Everything's at its own pace, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it was a, like it was a very a joyful experience writing it, <laughs> uh, and an e and an, and an even more joyful experience uh, making it. We had such a great time, um, and we had you know. Uh, a great Canadian comedian David Steinberg was our director, uh, and I remember I remember at the time just thinking, like uh, uh, I remember interviewing David Steinberg to direct the movie and thinking I can't wait to tell my dad that I interviewed <laughs> David Steinberg for a job, right? And he was trying to get the job from me, because uh -huh. uh, <laughs> I was like he was, I was a huge fan of of David's, 
and so was my whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, we had such a, as I said, we just had such a fun time making that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, uh, not too long ago, actually, uh, my wife got like, was told she was going to get a promotion and got passed over and like, she was like really upset. And then I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta show you this movie right now. <laughs> and sure enough, like the one where like when you're sitting in the office and he announces the other person and you're just like what like that. <laughs> she i i don't know if i've seen her i haven't seen her like laugh that hard in a long time so it was yeah, yeah. that's hilarious yeah that was a fun that was i yeah that was a fun scene to shoot <laughs> you know movie hold uh uh for it's, for viewers who haven't yeah. seen it i movie holds up really well like yeah. not all yeah. comedies from the 90s do this one this yeah. one definitely does yeah and it's definitely i love playing uh just a complete ass <laughs> which is my character and that is a complete mm-hmm self-obsessed self-absorbed ass uh you know and it has my favorite somebody figuring out fake names scenes ever in in the history of cinema it's been yeah it's been it's been stolen a few times i think i'm sure yeah we had well we used to have a lot of screenings uh in la when we were trying to get it released and Mm -hmm. it became like a, a big inside showbiz thing for like everybody in comedy, all the comedy writers and everybody would come to these screenings of the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. So I've seen I've seen little bits of the wrong guy show up in other things. Sure, I, I mean, yeah, I would, yeah. would I would imagine. Yeah. But definitely the, uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, what was it? The, uh, Anima Bag Jones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And Cal Cranston and Hillman. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that, which yeah. shows in the closed captioning is one long name, which I it hadn't occurred to me, but that's fantastic. Yeah. And well, <laughs> and and it was yeah the name. I'm trying to think. Did we, did we actually write out the name, or did it just sort of emerge? <laughs> I was wondering that. Tumble out of the mouth. <laughs> uh, I think we actually wrote the. I think we actually came up with the name. Mm-hmm. Like, but between us and then uh, but then the uh the revelation of it was entirely improvised mm-hmm. like we didn't know who was going to say what parts okay of okay <laughs> kevin and i <sighs> uh, and that's like that's a that's a, see i love that scene just because that's a scene that i don't think i get i don't know if i could play that with any other human being but kevin mcdonald right <laughs> i don't know if there's anyone else that like kevin and i have such a an ability to read each other's minds uh-huh while we're performing there's certain people too who are possessed of such a look that the, you can only play a certain scene off of them, right? Mm. Like there's, yeah. it would only come out this certain way because you're playing it off of them. Yeah. And the yeah. look in that man's eyes, very empathetic <laughs> yeah. eyes. Yeah. Very. Yeah. There's something about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Because he's trying to help me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's confused, but trying to help. Right. Right. My you know, and then my character is so smug about you know, thinking he's actually achieving his goal. Uh huh. Uh-huh. You know. Uh, do you want to play the final voicemail? Uh, real quick? Go for it. Go I have no. It. I can never. The Google. The I have no idea what this. I is. I don't want to hear your excuses. Okay, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just want to hear your voicemails. Mm-hmm. Hi, Dave. It's uh, Neil from Wales. Um, otherwise known as the only Welsh person to have ever seen news radio. Uh, I also run the Modern Day News Radio Twitter account, which you've kindly supported over the past couple of years, and you've even been kind enough to uh, speak to me via a couple of messages, which has been really cool. So thank you for that. Um, I've got two questions. My first one is, you were already an established comedy performer, so did you learn anything from Phil Hartman in a professional sense whilst doing news radio, and do you think he took anything from you? Um, second question is, how much of Dave Nelson is fictional, and how much is actually you? 
Um, I know Paul Sims based or wrote the character for you, so I'd like to know to the exact percentage how much was actually you. Um, thanks very much for being there with Jason. You put your life in his hands, so fair play to you. And uh, thanks again for everything you did for News Radio and for being just generally a cool guy. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Uh, well, hello, first off. Nice to hear from you. Um, <laughs> And uh, I, uh, well, the one one thing I definitely learned from Phil was what a one hitter was. Uh, I'd never seen one of those before. <laughs> uh-huh. but Phil, uh, F- Phil would sit in his Mercedes in the parking lot mm-hmm. outside the studio, and before coming in every morning, had a, he had a little. It looked like a little, uh, like a little cigarette stub, uh-huh. like, like that you'd see in the trash in the trash or in an ashtray, uh-huh. and it was a ceramic one hitter, and he'd like stuff it full of pot and do. And then come in and, and we'd work. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'd never seen one of those before. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and I also learned. I mean, watching Phil. I mean, I also learned that Phil was that Phil was the uh, anal retentive chef in real life from the Sandlot <laughs> sketch. I watched how he would break down his scripts, and he like had this color coding system with of underlining in multiple colors, wow. different lines, and highlighting things. Wait, are we talking for oh. like emphasis or what? Do you know what yeah, these he stood had, for? I, okay. No, it was almost like he had worked out musical notation yes, for comedy. Yes, right, right, wow. okay, wow. Uh, and he broke every line down, and he had tabs on every page and mm-hmm. and uh it was very opposite from my process because i would <laughs> i would lose on average six scripts a day <laughs> uh, this I, is why i don't like people saying phil hartman's a natural like that's a skill that you have to wow. develop you know what i'm saying he was, like oh he's a I, scientist i don't like the word natural or talent like that's he, a skill well, that yeah. you work so hard on and it would come out organically which yeah. is hard that's you're like, the em- like writing down the part. emphasis that's yeah like, wow I mean, I think he really, I think he didn't need to do any of that. <laughs> right. But it, but for him, it it was his way of locking in what he planned to do. Makes sense. Okay. I, you know, and, and it made it, you know, it's why, and he's so precise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think he really just was very anal, anally retentive. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's, you know, why that sketch was written about, mm-hmm. about him, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, because he, I mean, on top of that, he just had, Na- instinctively perfect timing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, he but he structured everything musically. Mm-hmm. I think is wow. the best way I can describe it. Yeah. And uh, you know, then uh, uh, what else? Uh, the uh, exact percentage of you that is oh, Dave Nelson. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. exact percentage. The exact percentage. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I say because Paul Paul wrote it the uh, character for me based on a uh, the the first Chicken Lady sketch. Okay. Okay. <laughs> He uh, <laughs> he watched this first chicken lady sketch where I'm the straight man going to have a date with a chicken lady, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and uh, and he, you know, what he told me was he said he loved the fact that that uh, I was getting all these laughs in that sketch without any jokes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that that basically there's like there's another guy dressed up as a chicken, <laughs> and I'm still managing to get a lot of laughs yeah uh just off reactions and off of timing mm-hmm. and uh and he said that's what he wanted for the show was somebody who could be the straight man and get laughs off the straight lines right yeah. you know that i could uh you know that i could get a laugh off of just saying a beer yeah. you know yeah yeah, 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 yeah. you know <laughs> damn it i didn't I know that there was that, that specific a thing yeah, that's, that's great fantastic. yeah awesome. yeah <laughs> Oh my God! So, so and as I said before, yeah, yeah the, the, the Dave was definitely a a, a mix of me and Paul, mm-hmm. and it varied week to week. And again, truly, just based on which one of us they they felt more like humiliating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, uh, going right before shooting, we always just like, oh, okay, this week's Paul. I can see. Oh yeah, oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you know, some of them would be very obvious if it was like, uh, um, uh, what was the the one where uh, I guess there's an episode where Dave Nelson writes an editorial that gets him in a lot of trouble. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's, that's what came to mind for me too. Yeah, <laughs> and that's absolutely based on Paul telling Rolling Stone magazine that Thursday night was a shit sandwich. On, so good, <laughs> you know. So good. It's kind that, of punk rock. I think we talked about this before. That's kind of punk rock that he willingly, although then he's yeah. also putting everybody else's career on the line by saying that in Rolling Stone. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he didn't feel great about sure. it. Sure. You know, you, you know, it was punk rock, but he also came in, uh, you know, mm -hmm. and, 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 and certainly no one allowed him to feel great about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we didn't, you know, it wasn't like we were mad at him, but we certainly made fun of him mm -hmm. a lot. I have what I think is a stupid question in my head. It's almost like, how much improv did you guys do on set? But it's kind of like, was there somebody who could make you crack more than anybody else? Um, uh, God. Because uh, I don't know who cracked the most. You can't, I, other than Joe. I mean, that seems obvious. Joe He's cracking cra in a lot yeah. of Joe shows. cracked a lot. Almost always with Andy. Yes, right. Uh, it's funny because those guys had such, they had such a rocky start as a, you know, personally. They mm -hmm. didn't, you know, they, they didn't get along very well. Uh-huh. Um, and yet Joe became like the hugest Andy Dick fan. Mm -hmm. uh, like just thought Andy, everything Andy did was hilarious, mm -hmm. and it was. I mean, Andy was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't. I rarely ever cracked. That's myself. Fair. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, some you know sometimes you know Phil would make it very hard. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it you know, and so would Andy. Uh, I mean, they all could, but but I you know I. You know, I kind of, uh, I guess, took some pride in, in not cracking. Mm -hmm. So I rarely ever cracked. Yeah. You know, same thing on, on you know, Kids in the Hall, I rarely ever did. Mm -hmm. That's why I was never in the blooper reels. Right. Yeah. I figured it'd be something like that. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, uh, just mentioning how uh, Phil Hartman, like, marked up a script. I was very, you know, retentive about it. Uh, whereas you... Um, Candy, when she was on, she was talking about how she would do a scene with you, and she thought it was going to go one way, and then she just saw, like, working with you, you you steered whatever the scene was, like, in a different way, and she said it usually came out a lot funnier than it was going to be the mm -hmm. other way. So, uh, do, you, do you know that going in, or just kind of naturally, like, oh, we should go... Um, uh, I guess it was just sort of a natural, just, no, I mean, my, I mean, my natural instinct is, is to uh, I, I guess my first, my instincts initially are not normal <laughs> to begin with, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then when I'm doing it, my my uh, uh, my prejudice is to avoid doing anything that I th I feel like I've seen. Fair, mm -hmm. you fair. Know? Oh, nice. uh, like timing, like to me, like like time, like I always, uh, you know, I would always get into conflicts with and with directors in my career who wanted me to time it the way they would time it mm -hmm. or time it the way somebody else would time it mm -hmm. uh, the joke and i was said well i'm i'm here why don't i do it the way i would do it yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know why don't i do my style yeah. um you know not that there's un aren't other legitimate ways of doing things sure but, but i kind of like the way i do it that's one mm -hmm. of those things that i feel kept 
me watching though like stuff like that where yeah. if you were playing it different than any other than some schmuck would play it then i was more interested in watching yes i signed on because you and phil hartman were on it like i, mm-hmm. I that's all i knew about it yeah but i feel like those kind of performances keep you watching and guessing mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and and i th- i think there was an attitude in the whole group uh of us that we didn't want to be like any other show mm-hmm. you know and we and we didn't want to be you know boring yeah. Uh, in any way, we just and we didn't want to. Uh, you know, we we wanted we wanted to find like the most original way to do everything that we did. Yeah. You know, and and try to throw out as many conventions as we could. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that and I think it's just one of those things where you had a whole cast and a whole staff mm-hmm. that all were on the same page, and you know, and all were all you know everyone everyone was we were all you know looking to do something uh really original mm-hmm. and we didn't know what that would be mm-hmm. but we just we just knew when when you know whenever whenever anything felt like a sitcom we would move away from it that's a hard isn't that hard to do or is that just your instinct because it just feels like it's you it would be very easy to just fall into the trap of let's do this the way we know works yeah i, well, I mean for me it was just a it was a in a continuum with what I've been doing for 10 years with the kids in the hall already, mm-hmm. that our, that our ethos was always to, you know, we didn't want to sound like anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to, uh, you know, like whenever we were writing a sketch, if we felt like it was a sketch somebody else could do, then why should we do it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But how do you do that without it being total discord? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it... Yeah. Well, it was, I think it comes out of having a, a, a like sensibility, like the five kids in the okay. hall. We all kind of knew when something was was uh, standard. Okay. Sure. Yeah. You know, we all knew that we all knew the comedy that bored us, mm-hmm. and we all knew we all knew people that we'd go, nah, that guy's not funny. He's just doing comedy. Right. You know, and we kind of had a real antipathy for for that. That's fair. Because um, it's easy to just it's easy to act like you're funny. Yeah. You know, uh, but I think you can. If you if you're a comedian and you love comedy, you see through it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know it's crazy. Just watching any episode of news radio, I feel like on a standard sitcom, you know, someone will say something and it'll be like a, a one line: "Build, build, build." I'm going to change through reversal. They're different emotion. I never, I never felt like that on any news radio. Like it was its own, like you said, oh, distinct yeah. comedy. Which, yeah. And it, well, and if and like if if a if there was a line in a script that felt like that, mm-hmm. it would get made fun of at the table read. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you would some if somebody if something felt like a sitcommy structure, mm-hmm. somebody would play it up in the yeah. table read and point out, you know, how corny it was. You know, is this why you were co- in the commentary? You, you seem a little reticent to say yes. I did write a bunch of the jokes, but I mean, <laughs> that's okay, right? I mean, if something yeah. works better, it works better. Well, yeah, no, there was, uh, as I said, there was a, the, right, the, 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 the line between the writing staff and the cast didn't exist. Yeah. And, and obviously, I think my background uh, led the, them to trust me as a writer mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so there would definitely be in the, you know, in between takes, there'd be the, the, the huddle and everyone would pitch jokes, and everyone was welcome into that huddle. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely pitch a lot of jokes and yeah. pitch a lot of changes. And also in rehearsals, in rehearsals, I would, you know, I, I would, you know, sometimes help with cutting 
and structuring scenes. Wow. You know, I'd like rewrite some stuff on the floor. I used to rewrite, do a lot of rewriting on the floor with uh, a comedian who's no longer alive uh, named Drake Sather. Mm-hmm. He and I used to do a lot of work on the floor together. Mm-hmm. And we also, you know, and also our, our uh, uh, you know, our, our script supervisor was really important in that too. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've asked everybody on the show. I'm just wondering what kind of what what music did you listen to when the show was happening? I'm just. Uh, oh man, uh, a, a lot of Paul Westerberg and Elvis Costello in those days, and the Pixies, nice. and and uh, and uh, who else? That Fountains of Wayne. Uh, Jason Faulkner was a guy I listened to a lot then. Okay. Uh, it was a lot of like, uh, especially like like Steve Root. It was like Mora. And I bonded over our love of Paul Westberg on the first day. And then I was startled also to find out that uh, Steve Root, who's, you know, who's playing the older executive yeah. kind of guy, mm-hmm. who I thought would be more like that, uh, was like the biggest punk rock uh, expert I knew. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, awesome. no, yeah, I was that telling my bands, like, and he's like going, oh, man. Do you like the damned? I've got some damned rarities you might want to hear. Holy crap! And I've got some. Wow. some I'm sorry. This some is... some deep cuts from the slits and it's uh, hurting my brain. Yeah. What? And, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we would we would and Steve and I used to like go out like CD shopping together a lot. That's amazing. After you know. That's awesome. Uh, so music was a big part of it. You know, I think it was that, and again, a lot of it was that sort of punk rock sensibility that we all had. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what the CD store was? Because it probably doesn't exist. I, it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it, used, it was on the way home from Sunset Gower, and they also had a good. Uh, this is how long ago it was. They had a good, really good laser disc section. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah we'd go out and you know because it would always be like Steve would come in and say oh you should hear this it was like I th- I think it was uh, I think it was uh, Steve that turned me on to Jason Faulkner who's actually now a real a good friend of mine wow uh, um, he was the he was, he was in the band the Grays with uh, John Bryan. I'm the last person that to was, uh, know yeah. what you're talking yeah. about. I feel so out of the I, loop right now. I know what a pixie is. Yeah, I know that, what that is. What you know a pixie the, you know is. Pixies. Good job. Yeah. I know one song by the Pixies. What? I, what? I was out of touch as I can't when this was happening. I won't tell. No, I think I've talked about this. The first single I bought was TLC's Waterfalls High. I'm a total oh. schmuck. I'm a wow. schmuck. I bought the Macarena oh around the time the show came. I mean, came. I would argue oh. Waterfalls you, is a lot. Was I what? Better. I was gonna say, were you raised at a wedding reception? Yeah. Basically, basically, I had no taste. I was yeah. listening to the Beatles and other stuff, and I, you know what? I'm gonna expand my horizons to top forty oh, shit. You should have just not expanded. No, I should have stayed where I was <laughs> and stopped. Just sat and thought about yeah. it first. Martin for Page a is while. in the house of stone and light. Um, <laughs> the real McCoy's another night. A lot of garbage. Well, that today. one's just a classic. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, now, so, can I redeem yeah. myself with an okay question? Is sure. that fine? Okay. <laughs> Um, sure. Or try to. All right, but, uh, but I think first the, the bride and groom are going to have their first date. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Martin Page. Here's the thing. Um, yeah, there we go. Thank you. Um, I think the... And maybe people are just being humble, but when when they're on the show, a lot of them are like, I'm just happy the show's remembered. Do you have what you would prefer the show's legacy to be? Because I can tell you, oh. other than us... Uh, it's obviously influenced us heavily, but I mean, I know it's influenced people who have thus also influenced culture. Oh, I would much prefer that it was a huge hit. For for mm. sure, that's and, fair. And that it was in massive syndication, like Friends. Right. Because uh, then I'd be rich. Yeah, <laughs> it's going on to Antenna TV next year. Is, Is it? Yes. <laughs> oh my yeah, God. just saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
I remember I used to joke because we were on A and E. We were, first yeah. we were on we were on strip syndication, mm-hmm. and then we were just on A and E all the time. And, uh, uh-huh. and I remember saying, uh, "Next stop, Nick at Night." Uh huh. And then after that, the grave. Oh. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, but uh, God, that's that's oh, antenna TV. That is shocking. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I know it has influence. One, one of the people who's going to come on the show is a guy who wrote for Community and wrote for a bunch of other stuff. Who's he loved oh, news yeah. radio. He yeah. just wrote all the Spider Man movies that just came out. The Lego oh. Batman movie. Yeah. So I, it's going to be fun to talk to him about the influence this show had on that stuff. Yeah. Why he hasn't hired me for anything? For uh-huh. sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll right? ask him. Um. Yeah. Mm. We'll, we'll put the fucking screws to him. I don't care if you want. That's yeah, fair. No. That's why it's drives me all the time. I hear about oh, you've such an such influence. an influence. <laughs> well, where's the where's the fucking casting call? <laughs> Jesus. They might not. They might just be like, oh, he's not gonna want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> the answer yeah. is yes, he does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's stuck doing a podcast like we we have to do now. So I mean, um, boy, yeah, that's the last good question. Well, I was, did podcast. I answer it? Well, no. Do you, no, do you like other well, than uh, your facetious answer, which you wish it would have been a hit? That's don't, not don't facetious we all, it, in the least. Okay, yes, but that's a flat out. I wish the Kids in the Hall was a hit too. Given that it wasn't, yeah, <laughs> and given that Kids in the Hall, I feel like has more of this. Hey, we influenced a bunch of people's reputation. Yeah, I don't. I just feel like. News radio is a sleeper of that. It has influenced people, but people well, don't know where to talk about it except on this fucking podcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, the reason we started this podcast is Jason and I were in a, a show together, and I think there was a cast of like seven at the time, <laughs> and three of us, someone would quoted it, and then two of us like jumped on, like, oh, you don't know news radio? Yeah, and we a started like, talking about it. A bunch of the cast of yeah. this show who none of us knew each other before we did this show all mm. love news radio. Yeah. And that then occurred to me that maybe more people like it than I, than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that's why we decided to do the show. And apparently, yeah. you know, people care. Yeah. I think that's it's one of those shows. I, I'm in, it's almost like part of it is because no one else cares about it. Uh, that makes people <laughs> that do care about it care more. It just, same with Kids in the Hall. Right. You know, the fact that it wasn't a huge hit mm-hmm. makes it a more passionate uh, thing to like. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, but I mean... You know, I suppose, but it's I can't stop thinking about it, you know, and yeah. I it's one of those things where I I mean, I recorded quotes of it off the TV onto a fucking dictaphone to bring with me on a family trip. So yeah. it, it was a thing, you know, I, I don't. Yeah, I didn't love it because nobody else loved it. I loved it because no, it no, was my that, thing. No, yeah, a lot of times those shows are just shitty. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I mean, I think kids and news radio are both very idiosyncratic. Yeah. And are both um i think are both shows that aren't asking you to love them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know that that are kind of just existing on their own terms yeah mm-hmm. um you know which is part of why they weren't hits i imagine maybe um and you know and, off, and also a lot of it is just circumstance mm-hmm. you know i mean i think definitely a lot of things that were influenced by the kids went on to become much more successful than the kids. That happens, mm-hmm. sure. Uh, and the same with, uh, I think, news radio. I mean, I think news radio influenced the American office and Absolutely. influenced mm-hmm. Parks and Rec. And, mm-hmm. and I think the people on those shows have, have, have cited that. Yeah. I think community, um, obviously, yeah. heavily. Community, also. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than, definitely. like, <laughs> this is a weird reference, but I had forgotten about it, but other than Moonlighting's attempts to do weird, like, theme shows mm-hmm. i don't think anybody else was doing it before news radio no i don't think so no it, it was uh yeah no people <laughs> thought we were crazy yeah and we were doing it yeah people thought it was in, that that it was 
you, it was just not done mm-hmm. to have a character on a sitcom come out at the beginning of the show like Phil did mm-hmm. <laughs> not in character mm-hmm. and acknowledge that a show is just a show yeah yeah and we can we can just change the setting if we want to right because none of these people are real yeah <laughs> um, and no one's paying attention which is basically what he says at the beginning yeah I, yeah I mean this equal like hey here's a, here's a fun experiment and fuck yourself like at the beginning yeah. is great and people will say oh you're but you're ruining the the you're, the that suspension of disbelief where they people were, believe in the characters no, we're going no, no people yeah. know already yeah. uh huh uh-huh. like people <laughs> the characters know, know they're in a show almost yeah it's this close to community yeah. like that and the, uh-huh. and you know and the people watching know these people aren't real <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right right if Wait, they what? don't know that they should they should be locked up <laughs> <laughs> you know a little bit a little um, bit. You well, know, I mean, it's like, I mean, to me, also one of the greatest shows of all time, Green Acres. Yeah. Was, mm. I know. was going to ask you what your favorite episode of Green Acres was. <laughs> I, oh, I don't know what my oh, favorite episode on, would be. Now. You don't have oh, a favorite top episode. Top five? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I, 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 I'm remembering those like that. Um, but I, I love that show. That show is one of the most anarchic things ever put on television. Is it comfort food for you kind of show? Like you can fall asleep to it? Uh... I, I don't know if I'd ever I don't know if I'd ever, if I've ever fallen asleep to it no. but it's definitely comfort in that it's well it's comfort and it's also uh, it's an I think it's whenever I watch it I think of it as an ongoing challenge uh-huh you know uh, to go wow that was so good mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. and no one understood what they were doing right mm-hmm. like the, the the audience at the time did not understand what they were watching right uh, and most people today don't know what that show was sure and critics don't know what that show was Mm -hmm. you know they think of it as a campy show and there's nothing campy about that show if season six of news radio doesn't happen and we get mixed reactions from people we ask whether or not they'd want to do it actually there's only one person who doesn't want to do it but um Uh (laughs) and he created the show but um what about a reboot of Green Acres with you and Maura Tierney? I'd mm-hmm. happily mm-hmm. watch mm-hmm. that. Oh, totally. Well, yeah. there's, there's, I can't think of much I wouldn't do with Mara. Sure. Uh, she's, I mean, she's so much fun to both be with and to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, and, she, and we were, you know, such good, we're very, very good friends. So I would, uh, yeah, I would do anything with Mara. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's also basically what's... I've like, thought I'd like to do, like, uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf with Mara. <laughs> I will line yeah. up tomorrow Please do. for that. Please yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've never done a play, but I think if I was to do a play, that uh-huh. would be a fun one. I once saw Bill Irwin uh, play uh, yeah. the man in that. The yeah, man. I never saw that. It was great. Yeah. It was remarkable to see this weird rubber band person play that guy so convincingly yeah. and upsettingly. Yeah. I would love to watch you two play those two parts. Yeah, what? I think it would be... Well, yeah, Moore and I were great drinking buddies in the day, so mm-hmm. we've, we've done a lot of uh, research. <laughs> <laughs> on, and now we're actually old, so we, you know, we've got that going for us. Well, I don't want to keep you... I, I mean, I would, but I don't want to keep you. Um, right. What do you want to promote, Dave? What do you uh, want to promote? Uh... Uh, nothing I can think of. Really. Got a podcast? I got a. Oh, that's right. I do have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. The uh, Don't Say with Paul and Dave. Mm-hmm. Or if you actually listen to the show, it's uh, Don't Say Cunt with Paul and Dave. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> a show where we uh, we promise not to say cunt for uh, forty five minutes mm-hmm. out of uh, respect for Americans' tender sensibilities. Sure, um, that's fair. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, yeah. So that uh, you can listen to that. Mm-hmm. That's on that's on various podcasting 
uh, I'm, uh, things, <laughs> whatever they're called. Does it become a Derek and Clive sketch? Is it? Do you actually say cunt like a million times? Or uh, no? No. Okay. Only in the intro. Only in the intro. <laughs> Only okay. when we're welcoming people and explaining the premise. Okay. And then we try very seriously not to say cunt for the rest of it. Mm -hmm. For the rest, but for, we'll try to difficult. get forty-five minutes of of not saying cunt. Okay. Uh, Which hasn't happened now. Right. No, no, no. no. We, 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 we just got there. This yeah, is a different, we got there. Yeah, this yeah. is a different show. I can mm -hmm. say cunt here all I want. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Which is considerably often. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's a wonderful word. It is a good uh, word. <laughs> I don't know why Americans have such a problem with it. I'm, I'm not sure. That's one of the things, one of the, one of the things I loved about Maura Tierney first when I met her mm -hmm. was how, how readily and uh, beautifully mm -hmm. uh, the word cunt rolls off of her lips. Mm -hmm. She calls everything a cunt and everyone a cunt. That's fantastic. Yeah. Her, nick her nickname for her dog, uh, Rose Kennedy, was cunty. <laughs> she already called her Rose Kennedy, but then. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Little Rose a little pug named Rose Kennedy that, but that she just called cunty all mm -hmm. the time. I will say, your the way you say it is very, I think, Dudley Moore, which is why I thought mm. of Derek and Clive. So it's yeah, very... Yeah, I love Derek and Clive, yeah. As you should. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Jen, what do you want to promote? Go watch something. Oh, I mean, news radio is going to make you laugh because you're listening to us right now, but sure. go find something new and different until it really makes you laugh in a not-been-done-before kind of way. Oh, if we can do that, then I'll, 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 can I suggest a show that I don't know if you guys have seen? Yeah, sure. And I don't know if anyone can find it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, once, I once actually got Fox TV to send me tapes of the entire show, which I no longer have. Uh -huh. Bakersfield PD. Wait a minute. My, my, I, I, I don't think I've seen that. I know of it. It didn't last for well, how long? One, I think they did one season. Who was Because I remember I saw the first two because my brother was telling me about it and it was hilarious and yeah. then I, I, I couldn't find the show again after and it was that. Uh, Brian Doyle Murray was went, uh, in it and uh, and a whole bunch of Ron Eldard was in it and oh uh, wow. Alan what do you want to promote sir uh, follow me on uh, Instagram Twitter at Alan Rickert A-L-L-E-N-R-U-E-C-K-E-R-T uh, watch this last season of Veep you'll see me pop up and then uh, stay tuned for the Netflix movie Dolomite Is My Name you should see me in that too so Eddie Murphy oh, and please, again he does uh, and please uh, uh, if you haven't seen it uh, go watch The Wrong Guy it is absolutely, absolutely hilarious yes. yeah you must um, I literally have nothing to promote. Watch this most recent se season of Drunk History. You'll see me sitting next to Elijah Wood as a very <laughs> featured extra. Enjoy that. Uh, I'm on Twitter, jklom, jklamm, Instagram, Jason Klom. That's about it. Dave, thank, thank you, you, thank you, thank well, you, thank you. Thank you very much. A million much. times over. Fun reminiscing. I appreciate <laughs> you doing this show. Thank you guys for listening. One, just, one thing left to say, which is catch, catch you later, later B-Cakes. Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast, is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Alan Rickert, Jason Klom, and Jen, who lives on the ether. Our theme song was composed and performed by Michael Warden. Have questions? Call and leave us a voicemail at 646-801-WNYX or email us at freakzilla at scopenet.com. You can also send snail mail to Stolen Dress Entertainment, P.O. Box 805, Burbank, California, 91503. Subscribe to Dispatches from Fort Awesome on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any other podcast outlet. Give us a five-star rating and write us a review. It helps. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WNYX News Radio, or find everything in one place at WNYXNewsRadio.com. 
Thanks, Joe. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, watch videos, and imbibe freely of our multimedia content going back 15-plus years. Big day today, Dave. Ah!